0: You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. And just like that, the proof is in the pudding. Um, sorry. That was a strange way to welcome you to this week's podcast. Welcome to the Torah Sparks podcast. Um, thank you so much for coming again this week. I started off by saying the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I've had pudding many times in my life. I, I've yet to find proof in any one of them. I decided to do some research on this concept, on this idea, on this phrase. Is it real? Is it not? Is it make sense? Does it not? So, fascinatingly, Ben Zimmer, a language columnist at the Boston Globe, um, this I found a very interesting thing on NPR News, and he basically explains that the proof is in the pudding – is a modern-day American way of looking at a phrase that stemmed from hundreds of years ago, and it used to be something else, and not entirely, but something else. It's an it's it's a twist on a very old proverb. The original version is the proof of the pudding is in the eating, and what it meant was that you had to try out the food in order to know whether it was good and what type of pudding. They didn't have like the yummy chocolate or you know vanilla pudding that we have, dessert delicacy that we have today. What they were talking about was, it seemed like it was maybe in Britain or certain places in Europe, it was a type of sausage filled with intestines of some animal with minced meat and other things. And it could have been dangerous. It could have been lethal, in fact. But it also could have been delicious. And the proof of the pudding was in the eating. You would know, I guess, if it would either harm a person or if it would be delicious. You would only know if you try it out. That's the point of the phrase. But it slowly trickled down over the years into what we now say, the proof is in the pudding. Or some say the proof of the pudding. But the proof is in the pudding. So if you... Every pudding, you won't find proof in it. But what does the proof in the pudding mean? It means you gotta try it to believe it. You gotta you gotta experience it yourself, and then you'll see. Hey, the proof is in the pudding. In that food itself, you can see. Oh my gosh, here's the evidence. Here's the proof. This is really good. This is delicious. And you won't know until you try it. You know, it's interesting. There's Afremovina was tested uh, ten times. Ten hard tests, but it's not until this week's parsha, the Akedah, where Hashem quote-unquote, he doesn't say those words, I haven't found it yet inside in any meforish, but Hashem says, uh, the proof is in the pudding. Again, he doesn't say those words exactly, but this concept, this idea, until he says, now I know that Avram Avinu, oh my, you passed this test, the test of the akeda. now the proof is in the pudding, I see that you are fully committed, you are dedicated, you know, Rashi says in this week's parasha, when Avram Avinu got up early to to, Vayachav and he, saddled the donkeys himself and Rashi says that that famous Chazal she'ahava ashura, what love it, it, it redirects it, it, it bends that which is straight, it makes things crooked, you do funny things, you do crooked things when you love somebody, when you love something you will do whatever it takes to do that and Avram was in love with Hashem and therefore he was even willing to take his own son and to bring him up on, on, on the altar and the Proof was in the pudding. Avram experienced this, and he tasted this, this trial, this Nisayun, and he passed uh, with with flying colors. You know, it's interesting. We call it the akedah, and by the way, we'll get back to this idea of the proof is in the pudding because it's very no to us in our own lives, um, in our avodas Hashem. But this idea, I just want to highlight uh, a couple a couple things we see from the akeda First of all. It's called Akedas Yitzchak. The bounding, the binding of Yitzchak. I mean, that's a funny part to highlight... After all, yeah, he was binded up, but maybe Hashem should have called it Shitas Yitzchak, you know, if the idea was to slaughter his son, call it the the slaughtering of Yitzchak, or, uh, you know, maybe something else, or maybe Hashem knew it was going to be called the, the ram, dude, Shechitas Isle. I'm not sure. You could have come up with another name. Why are we highlighting the Akedah? That word Akedah is only mentioned, I believe it's only one time in the Parsha, where it, it's almost like a, it seems maybe like a side fact. Hey, Avram ended up, he went to the mountain, he got up the mountain, and he he um he he binded it, he bounded. it. I'm not sure how to say it. Someone gotta get back to me about how to say it exactly no, I'm kidding. It's fine. Okay, because they are all human beings, okay we can make a say fine, prove is the point. Okay. So uh, he finally bound the apostle tells us um, if I can find it, he like, set up the fire, the, the wood, and he bound, he bound binded, he bound Isaac, his son, he tied his hands and his feet behind him, and he placed him on the altar, on top of the wood. So it says, So the whole thing, we were always referred to it as the Akedah, just because of that one fact, you know, I was thinking, perhaps uh, we could suggest the following maybe there's something so incredibly crucial about specifically the word the fact that he was bound. And if you think about it, you know, the Torah tells us that he saw it from a distance. To a certain degree, Avram was a human being. And yes, he did it with love and this was what Hashem said and this is what he, is what he was going to do. But that didn't mean that it wasn't difficult to do this task. It didn't mean it wasn't hard. It did not mean it wasn't challenging. And I, I don't remember who says it inside, but somebody, it's brought down that there was a certain level of distance. This was challenging. There was a certain level of richok over here. Distance, it was challenging for Avm Avinu. Yet he still went ahead and did it, you know. And if you think about it, the entire time, you know, he first came in. He he walked with with um, with Eliezer with Yishmael. He had these two like guardians with him, these servants. Um, it was his son, and he he went up, and he had Yitzchak with him. You know, Yitzhak wasn't a young man. Yitzchak was in his, you know, I believe it's in his twenties or his thirties. And it, it, it's at any point during the journey, during the trek up to the mountain you know there were there were conditions outside of avramovino's control that perhaps could have led to a different outcome you know the the two people, the, uh, to the servants that Avram was walking with, maybe they could have, uh, you know, grabbed Yitzchak and ran. I, I mean, maybe Yitzchak, you know, Yitzchak again wasn't a child; he was an adult. He was a grown-up, and he has a he could make his own choice and his own decisions at any point along the track and journey. He Yitzchak could have moved and gone away. You know, there there was outside external factors besides for Avram Avinu that were taking place all up until. One moment, I believe, in that moment is At the moment when Avram Avinu bounded Yitzchak, his son, and his arms were tied, there were no more external factors. It was now came down to the ultimate test, the ultimate truth. There was nothing that could have happened now that prevented except. For Avram Avinu himself, and it was now an arena with Av between Avram and you know the choice. Oh my gosh, do I actually go ahead and do this or not? There was no more external factors at this point. Yitzchak couldn't have gone anywhere; he was bounded bound it up. So Avram Avinu had a choice, and the next pasuk tells us, "Va'yishlach Avram As Yado." He, he lifted, he raised his hand, he sent his hand, he 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 took the the, the knife. To slaughter his son, and then, and then we know what happened. The Malach says, "No, no, 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 no! Don't do it." But it was at that moment, specifically at the Akeda moment, specifically when he was bound up, where it was Avraham and Avram alone to do what. Hashem wanted him to do. And Avram and Vinu passed, and the proof was in the pudding. You know, there's another, um, and th- perhaps that could be an insight as to why we highlight this idea of Akedas Yitzchak in particular. Uh, because it's at that moment where we see the true colors of Avram and Vinu. Another idea, another message, if you look, it says that Avram and Vinu, he brought two people with him, Eshnei Na'arav, two lads with him, Yishmo Vali Rashi says. And Rashi says, She'ein Adam chashuv Rashai lotceis laderach Anashim, an Adam Chashav, a prominent, a an important person. An Adam Chashav is nished allowed, is not allowed to go out and travel on a road without two people accompanying him. Now let me ask you a question: How did Avram Avinu know this halacha, right? And this halacha, how did Avram Avinu know this? Elamai, what do you see? You see that Avram Avinu knew that he was an Adam Chashev, right? The fact that Avon Avinu took with him two men, and he was Mikhaim this halacha, we see that Avon Avinu understood, hey, I'm an Adam Chashev. And that's something that, you know, is such an incredibly important idea. A person has to constantly remind himself, hey, I am an Adam Chashev. I am an a prominent individual. I am so important. I have a chilek, a lo I have a neshama that stems from the kisi ha-kavod. I, by definition, an adam adam chashav I'm so great. And therefore, when a person thinks like that, then sin becomes something that's beneath me. It's something that, something that I don't have, I, don't, I can't do that, I don't have time for that. It's not something, it, it becomes something that's beneath your dignity when you realize you are an Adam Chashav. There is no such thing as a Jew that's not an Adam Chashav. Um Just going back to this idea of the proof is in the pudding, You know, the idea is that you gotta try it, you gotta experience it. And this is, this is really Judaism, I would say, in a nutshell. If I would say Judaism, i not sure. I would say the proof is in the pudding. What do I mean? What I mean is that, you know, you could try to find proof for this. And you find proof in the Torah and the the mass revelation. You could come up with lots of different proofs. And Shemitah and, you know, the Shlushba Golem. You could come up with different proofs. But, you know, ultimately, if somebody doesn't want to buy into it, they won't buy into it. But the greatest proof for Yiddishkeit is in the pudding. You got to try it. You got to taste it. You got to experience it. And Avram Avinu is this prime example because he was so close and so devoted and so connected and so in love with Hashem it was Mechal Keles it changed his trajectory of life it changed his normal way of doing things and the Hashem way became what became what was normal the proof is in the pudding we have to we have to put our foot forward and, and try it and taste it and if something might be difficult and if waking up early in the morning it seems like it's so far beyond try it, taste it, see what it's like and if Going to show and try, try it, taste it. it See, was like you know, I never could bake challah. It's too much. Try it, taste it, experience it. The proof is in the pudding. That this is how we have to live our our our, our yiddishkeit, realizing that it's not just something you know the, in the in the text, and you know I'm going to try to find a source and a proof, and once then then I'll believe. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. You got to try it, learn. Davin, do do good things. And when and when you and when we do and behave like this, we will realize, hey, the proof is in the pudding. It tastes so good. It's delicious. It's amazing. It's it's such it's thrilling. It's ecstatic. It's exciting. May we be zoche, to take uh, some of these lessons of Avram Avinu. And re- just like Avram Avinu was the, you know, his, this test of that keda was the proof in the pudding. We have to realize that our Yiddishkeit is our proof in the pudding and realize that, hey, let me give it a taste. Let me give it a shot. If you know somebody who doesn't, you know, who's not fully affiliated, who connected, maybe reach out to them. Send them something inspirational, something inspiring. Tell them, hey, just taste it. Just try it. Give it a taste. And um, I think we'll see some beautiful results. That's, uh, that's all for today, but um, I thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Torah Sparks podcast. You know what to do. If you like this the content, please share it. Please rate. Please leave, leave a review. It could go a long way. Feel free to leave me a comment. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, always love to hear what you guys have to say. With that, have an amazing rest of your week.